When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snow plowing leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in full giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400 Radio. Club 400 podcast is on the air. William, will you please speak into your damn mic because you sound like I... shit the last two episodes. Really? Terrible. You sound like you're in a damn closet. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, man? You it's actually, good to see you. You actually sound better. I sound better I can, right? You're coming yeah. through pretty good now. All right, good. Thank you. Hey, what's going on? The Cubs... We are recording September 2nd right now. The Cubs are 21 and 14. That's what? what's going on, buddy. What? And That's we awesome. And we set. Like three-game lead? I think it's more like a three-and-a-half game lead against the Cardinals, who have played like eight, nine less, lesser games right, than us. Right, so right. it's a big thing. But uh, uh, Cubs, You know man, why that's a big thing? Because they got so many doubleheaders on their schedule, it's tough to win a doubleheader. They're splitting all of them. It's, it's, they really it really is. And, it, then, and then you, you got seven innings. You know, right. so there's more extra inning games, and then you got the runner. It's just it's a different type of year for sure. Uh, I'm enjoying it's it fun though. though. Yeah, it's definitely. I love waking up knowing there's going to be baseball, and now we got football right around the corner. So that's even better, man. Now we got double, double guns going here, and then pretty soon we're going to have some playoff baseball. And it looks like the White Sox. Gosh, man, I'll tell you what, I'm not. I'm staying away from the White Sox. You want to know why? They remind, remind me of that like that hot chick, you know, you don't want to get too close to because you might start liking them a little bit, you know? A little bit. So I stay a little far away from them. I don't turn them on. I don't really pay attention to them because if I know if I did start watching them, I might fall for them. Here's the thing with the white, the mighty whiteies. By the way, twi- they're beating up on your Twinkies a little bit, buddy. Uh, no, they're split so far. They split their series. Here's the thing with the Mighty Whiteys. They have a sexy batting order. There's no doubt about it. Sexy. 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 From top to bottom, all those guys can rake. No question. They've got two really good starters at the top of their order, and then it goes downhill from there. They were trying to get a starter and at the trade deadline. It didn't happen, and I think they need one. And oh, here's they, the do. Other- they do, and they have the cash to go and get one. Oh, they do, yes. but they can't anymore now because the trade deadline has passed. I'm telling you what, I would have done the same thing they. I would done the same thing they did. I would have sat pat because you know what, this season, I mean, I wouldn't go all out for this season. It's just here's the thing, though. I mean, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. Not, a, not with the not with the players they have on that team. Oh, if you're, I'm that, talking you're long. Saying. I'm talking long term. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, I'm right. talking for almost anybody. Like this is a crapshoot year, you know. Yeah, it is. There's more teams making the playoffs. Obviously, less games. But it'll be fun when the play, when the playoffs start. It's gonna be awesome. What a difference a week makes, though. Like you know, Minnesota had the best record in baseball. 
they lost six in a row. And now they're, you know. Well, see, that's the big thing. That's when we talk about a we talk about a sixty game yeah, season. Yeah, it's a tenth of the season. It's crazy. I mean, you, that that's no that's a nosedive in a sixty game season. You right. Know? Yeah. No, it's it's fun. It's definitely fun. Hey, I got a question for you though. Sure. Are you ready for it? Yeah. What beverage are Stu and William drinking tonight? What are you drinking tonight, buddy? All right. Well, I, 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 what? Last episode, I lied. I said I was drinking a Club 400 beer, and I wasn't. You actually were honest. Right. I lied. What so, were you drinking? Last week, I was drinking a Monaco, which is a seltzer. So I'm trying to stay healthy, William. Because now I got the, now we got this baseball game coming up on September nineteenth, which we'll, we'll talk, talk to you about later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, trying to drink salt, I drink a lot of seltzer when I'm not drinking beer because uh, of the low carbs. But I I step it up a notch, William. I'm not just drinking like a seltzer, right? I'm usually taking about a shot or two of vodka on the bottom of the glass. Then pour my seltzer over it. Nice. And I hydrate myself at so the same time I'm drinking. I'm a fucking genius, so buddy. So it's, it's booze, it's hydrating, it'll mess you up a little bit, and it's fruity. It's, it's good. It's refreshing. I think you're it, drinking lime tonight. Well, dude, like, I'm, this, well, the one I'm drinking right now is a lime, um, but I like black cherry. That's my, that's my go-to flavor. Okay. So I know like Paul Crowley loves seltzers. One of these days I want to do a seltzer. Con, uh, a test. Party? Take like, oh, fi- a test. like take like five or six black cherries or of the same flavor and just run through nice. them and see which one's the best. Nice. Because not now Coors Light has their own seltzer out. Have you seen that, William? I did see that. Yes. So Bud Light I, seltzer is actually great. I, by the way, am a man with a man card, and I'm drinking Club 400, the Ballpark Lager. Let me tell you guys something. Thank you for setting me up, William. Today, on September 2nd, Crystal Lake Brewery has officially released their new, freshest batch of Club 400. Now, what is different from this beer from the last beer? That's a great question. I will tell you. This time, they used a German yeast, which they've done before. Happens to be my favorite mix of... The German yeast? Yeah, the German yeast. Now, the one they used before was the... What was it? A Cantonese yeast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Forgot what it was. We, we're going to have to call Clooney. Have to call. Ryan, get Ryan on the phone. Get him on the hotline. I'll tell you what, Ryan doesn't answer the phone too much. He's not very good. Club 400 I- Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. I do feel a little bit like a NASCAR right now, the car itself. We got a shout-out to all our sponsors. <laughs> We're doing a lot of sponsor shout-outs, but Tovar. Tovar, great. 400 beer. Yep, sponsoring, our, sponsoring our baseball game. Did I tell you we're going to talk about that later, William? Can't yeah. wait. We got brought, a baseball game coming brought up. Brought to you by Cl- Crystal Lake Brewery. Crystal Lake Brewery. And, of course, our favorite... Our favorite shot on the planet. Malort. Malort. So, William. Yes, sir. If 
you're going to go to a rooftop and really feel this year, where would you go? Mm. Let's see. I think I'd go to the one in the corner. 1050 Waveland Avenue? 50 Waveland You're talking about Wrigley View rooftops? That would be where I would go. That's WrigleyView.com. Why, why, you ask, does it have the best view? It has a great view. It has a great view. I'm actually looking at it on the back screen of my laptop right now. I wish I was there right now. I wish I, I was at too. the Aiden. I wish I was doing a tequila shot with him. Yeah, or Betsy. Betsy. We wish, love Betsy. I wish I was dancing on the yeah. bar with Betsy. So check them out. You can call Mike right now, or you can just go to WrigleyView.com or call Mike if you want to get 10, 15, 20 tickets. 630-865-8828. Hey, there's not too many games left. Minnesota Twins are coming to town. William, we will be on the rooftop September 20th, the last Cub game at Wrigley Field for regular season, that is. It will be amazing. Are the Cubs going to play in a bubble? Is that is that going to happen, William? For the playoffs? Yeah. That's I what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Too. I'm hearing the Cubs are going to Texas, buddy. You know the prob- or the the thing about it is, does it r- really matter? Have we been seeing a huge difference with teams with being at home or on the road, given the fact that there's no fans? I mean, there's a little bit of difference for sure. Like a road trip is a road trip, and it's tiring no matter what. But I don't know. I'd uh, love. Are to- these players going to appreciate the fans more than ever? Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm telling sure. you what, I mean, the the cool thing is, well, I don't know if it's cool, but the unique thing is that these guys are playing against each other and they can hear. That's why you're seeing a little bit more, a lot of banner between each fighting. other. Yeah, yeah, there's some action going on a out there. All-star Speaking wrestling. of that, uh, the Cubs got into a little melee over the w- last weekend, which uh, that game was had, had a little bit all, including a Craig Kimbrell blow up. A uh, guy is done. He's done, William. Uh, put a fork in him. The whole experiment is over. He might put together a game or two, but I would not trust that guy anymore. See you later, Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell was nice to know you. I totally agree. Um, but the, he might be the nicest guy in the, the world. Cubs, I'm just saying he's done. The Cubs did get a couple nice players, I think, at the trade deadline for not a lot of assets that they gave up. Uh, Cameron Mabin, he's a nice player. For Zach Short. Jose, uh, you know Zach Short, right? Yeah. He's on the Compound Ian Haps right. podcast. Right, right, right. I guess they are welcome, welcoming all Detroit Indian Tigers fans okay. uh, to their podcast. But uh, according to Ian Happy, put out a tweet the other day. Hey, welcome Detroit Tiger fans to our Compound podcast, which, by the way, if you ever want to check out a great podcast, they actually good have one. a really cool one. Yeah, it's a good one. And they're still doing them during the season, which is pretty cool. And then they got uh, Martinez. From used to be on the Cardinals. Yep, and then they got um, uh, Andrew Chafin, who's a left hand. They got a couple lefties. They got Andrew Chafin yeah. and Josh Oshits. Oshits is that his name? Oshits. Oshits. Oshits from the Oshitz Boston Red Sox last night. I think. Yeah, he did. So the Cubs were busy at the trade but deadline. But they also picked up today. I think it was. It was after the trade deadline. I'm not really sure the details. Waiver waiver do, uh, yeah, deal. Waiver guy. It was AJ Ramos. AJ Ramos, yes, they did. Who's a relief pitcher, and he was with, I want to say, the Marlins, and he had 40 saves one year. So that might be a sneaky pickup. A guy that's closed before. I liked, I liked that. I like the Cubs' moves. They didn't spend a lot of money, but nor no. should they. This is not a year. Or did they? They, they didn't give up a lot of, you know, Triple uh, A and Double A talent either. So that's good. No, I mean. I thought it was, I thought it was a very successful trade deadline. 
They didn't make a splash splash, but no one did really. Uh, but they added some uh, different pieces that are they're going to come in handy for sure. I know. Yeah. I, I know. It feels like we bring this up every show, but I, I got to ask because you know a couple of weeks have passed or whatever since we last talked about it. Is Bryant going to be with the team next year? And does it bother you if he's not? Well, I mean, the only reason why he wouldn't would be if the Cubs trade him, but. Um, Bryant, I mean, they I mean, can't keep the whole core. Well, forward. no, there's going to be some guys that are going to get moved, for sure. And you know what? This team is already starting to look a, a little bit different. I mean, Albert Almora got uh, sent down to South Bend. Um, is he done with? And let me ask you this for him, as a Cub fan, or I mean, you're kind of a fucking Twinkies fan, but uh, no, I'm not. Uh, Albert I mean, Almora, Albert Almora. If he doesn't play another game with the Chicago Cubs, what are you going to remember Albert Amora for? What's Albert Amora's thing with the Cubs? I would remember him for bartending at the Cary Wood event. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know, he he made some plays in the in the run. Well, I I think he'll always go down as the, you know, tagging up from first to second in the World Series game 7. True. As a pinch hitter for Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I don't know if you Watch Cubs baseball, William, or ouch. You know, I guess I would say I will remember him more as somebody who I thought was going to be a much better ball player. I'll tell you what, I feel I feel for guys like Almora because all he's known is baseball his entire life. He's I remember watching shows on ESPN like they did pieces on him where his dad put a batting cage in the backyard, and I mean baseball was his entire life. He's come this far. And he's achieved a lot of great things, but he just can't hit the ball. He can't put it all together. He can't hit the ball. And uh but he he guy gives a hundred and five ten percent, which doesn't even make sense oh, when people does. say that. But uh oh, he does. and he's a great guy. And he's um he's always been good to the media in Chicago and the fans and uh Well, you know you what? want to root for a guy like that guy, no matter what. You know what? Maybe sending him down will be the best thing. Look who I did not expect anything from Ian Happ. I thought he was done coming into this year. Ian Happ. And he's been their best player. Let's, let's take a look at his line right here, which well, I actually pulled out stats You tonight. got the line? I, I got the line. What kind right? of show is this? You brought the line with you? First of all, one of the things that I was surprised at, he's still only 25 years old. Does, does it not seem like he's been playing for five or six years? Um, I know he hasn't, but... He kind of reminds... Kind, Kind of reminds me of Almora, but a guy that actually, you know, was able to make adjustments at the plate. Because, you know, he had a couple. He, you know, he got, remember, he got sent down last year. Yeah. Got sent down. The whole year. And now, look at his numbers. Um, his OPS is 1.064. His slugging percentage is .643. His on-base is 420. His batting average is three or four. The guy's doing it all. He is raking. I mean, you know, every time I see Ian Happ, he's doing something awesome. You know, and there is something to be said about patience because you know who's got the same story as this just a few years earlier? Javier Baez. Who's having a well, brutal year, by no, the way. he's struggling, but you know what? He, but he's the guy. He's he'll come off, out of yeah, it. Yeah, and he's still see, awesome in the field. small sample sizes here. Right. Even with, Bri- even with Bryant. Like, if, not, you, if you fail in April... Yep. For 30 games, it's not a big deal. Right. But if you fail in 30 games in a 60-game season, you're you're a bum. You know? Nice pickoff by the professor, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, we're live. We're live here at Wrigley Field. We're live here at Club 400. Uh, William, it's about time you grab more. Th- so William has been over here for two and a half hours, and he's drank half a beer, and it's probably freaking warm, dude. What's your excuse? I'm doing a podcast, Stu, and I'm serious about my craft. How about you? <laughs> What's your excuse? My excuse is it's Wednesday night, and the Cubs are playing, and we're doing a podcast, so I'm going to drink some beer. Yeah. All right, so we have a really good guest coming up here tonight. Yes, we do. A great friend of Club 400, a guy I met through Club 400. Let me tell you guys. Let's just talk about what we are and who we are. We, we do it all the time, but we are a family of Cub fans. Uh, Cub fans helping Cub fans. And tonight's uh, interview tonight is uh, a guy I met, like I said, here at Club 400. Uh, we bonded right away because he started a charity himself. And we'll talk about his story tonight. Uh, Mike Gomel, uh also went to fantasy camp with him. And uh, just a great friend, a great guy. And um, Joey Song. Uh, uh, Joey Song is a, a charity uh, to fight epilepsy. So uh, we're going to bring Mike on here. And uh, I want to say thank you, you, all you guys out there. Keep going. Keep purchasing the Club 400 Lager, right, William? Maybe you'll drink more than one once in a while. But that's okay. <laughs> right after we're done, right after we hit stop, I'll start pounding. All right, All so that. here's our interview with Mike Gomal of Joey Song. We'll be back next week with another episode. Appreciate you guys, and hopefully by then the Cubs will have another five to six victories, and we'll be talking about the playoffs, and it will be awesome for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. Here's our interview with Mike Gomal. Mike, thanks for coming on the Club 400 podcast, man. I think the last time you were on was when we did the Fantasy Camp Review. It was. It was, and I think I was still sore from Fantasy Camp the last time we did that. And, you, and you're calling us from uh, God's country? Is that I, correct? I, I, north of the border. I'm up here in Madison, Wisconsin, where it's always sunny and the beer is always cold. There's no doubt about that. you got to love Wisconsin. Props to Wisconsin. Love everything about yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sports team. Wisconsin's a drinking town. And I, and if it's a drinking uh, state. It is. Well, and it's really just one big town of drinking, so it's both of those things. <laughs> it's yeah. and it's a state of being. And I've personally never met anybody who got arrested after a Cubs game in Milwaukee, downtown. You just Water Street is the place to be. I love Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah. It's one of my yeah, favorite things you know, to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, the... the the entire state has uh, bar culture uh, for all of the positives and negatives that go with that. And you know what? I totally miss not going down there this year. Uh, hoping to go down next year for sure. But uh, yeah. So, so especially, speaking especially of the, opening day this year too, right? Opening yeah, day, exactly. Yeah. And all that, we were going to actually go to see Kenny Chesney at Miller Park, which the Miller Park concerts are awesome. The tailgating yeah. before is obviously where it's at, you know? Yeah. That, that's, those are professional tailgaters there. All the concerts and the music scene up in Wisconsin is the best. Well, Summerfest, the Summerfest largest, is the best, largest music musical festival in the world. Right. You know. Yes, they just they just announced that for 2021, it's going to go to three weekends. Oh they're, wow! They're expand they're expanding it to three weekends. It used to be just two full weekends. You know. Uh, kind of packed around Fourth of July. Well, now it's going to be three full weekends, so it's going to be insane. 
That will be totally insane. They got to they got to make up for this year, right? I mean, that's the one thing. I'm <laughs> right. I, and Mike. You know, before we start talking about Joey's song, I mean, I know. I mean, Joey's song is all about love of you know love of music uh, combined with the charity. And I mean, that's one thing I've really missed is live music, and I'm sure you do too. Oh God! Well, I I will tell you, Stu, especially. Um, it's even more, I miss it personally, but as we've been putting together um, this benefit that we're going to talk about later, I'm talking to all of these musicians. I talk to them multiple times a day and they miss it because that's their livelihood, right? And, you know, that's, they're not able to do what a lot of them have been doing for the last 25 years, right? I mean, it's, it, you know, there's that avenue has been shut off. So, I can tell you as much as we fans miss the small venues and the big concerts and all that other stuff like we were talking about with the Miller Park concerts and everything, or your local bar, you know, with two guys and a guitar. But the guys that do that for a living miss it even more because, you know, it's their blood. So I miss it, and I can tell you that they miss it too. Yeah, a good friend of Club 400's, uh, Big Jimmy Wadilla of Jim and Justin and Modern Day Romeo's just changed his Facebook picture to there's a new like background thing on the picture for all out of work musicians right and um he basically said the same thing he's been doing that his whole life he like doesn't know what else to do and you know what it's he said the worst part is once you get it to a point where it becomes your career and your livelihood you know and he's got yeah, he probably has two more kids since last weekend. I don't know. He's got a lot of little <laughs> kids going around. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame for all those people. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about something else, Stu. Well, yeah, we got yeah. a couple uh, events. A couple things coming up with something that I wasn't even really – well, Don Bino, uh, who's, uh, who's been uh, a fancy camper for a long time, was uh, – putting out there on uh we have two different pages but this was the alumni page that they wanted to do like a pickup game of baseball nine inning pickup game of baseball so they were talking about they, the, the thing was just starting to you know a, a plan was coming into place and our sponsor tovar eric hartman um kind of got you know in the mix i was kind of staying out of it to see what how, what was going to come of it but eric kind of got really involved with it and then he called me up one night and he's like hey why don't we maybe move this thing out to the Burbs and then, um, uh, you know, have a party at Club 400. So basically what it was is we have about 20 to 25 campers uh, from Randy Huntley's Fantasy Baseball Camp. We are having a pickup game here in Huntley, and then we're going to come back to Club 400 and, you know, have a little barbecue. And then after that, uh, the next day, not everybody, but some guys are going to head out to the last Cub game of the year against your Minnesota Twins, William. And uh, so it should be a great weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Mike is on one of the rosters. I don't think Mike, are you are you on my team or no? I'm on the blue team. I don't think I'm on your team. I'm on uh, the judges team. So yeah, I talked to Hartman and he put out these teams and stuff. And I'm like, who the heck put the, these teams together? You know? Oh, me yeah. and so and so. I think it was I don't know who he, who was involved with them, but he's like, we put everybody on a point system. Right. I'm like, you, you. Got, they spent like two and a half hours putting these teams together, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, you know what? Our team's gonna win because I know you didn't rate me as good as I should be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and for those for anybody listening that knows uh, Hartman, he is the king of overthinking everything. And if he and Crawford and Bino were behind it, all the guys that were behind it they can overthink 
picking up the bar tab. So that makes complete sense. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. We're going to have umpires. William, you're going to uh, do the play-by-play, I think. Yes. And the introduction. Wayne Mesmer is coming out, and he's going to do the national anthem. Nice. So uh, it's gonna, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. You know, I think everybody needs this. Sorry, there's no spectate, spectators allowed. No one can see me do the walk off that day, but uh, because of COVID, we're having li- uh, so. But we're gonna have a great time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the guys more than anything because that's what it's all about, right, yeah. Mike? Yeah, that that especially since the odds that we'll actually be able to have one of Randy's camps this year are you know between zero and none. Uh, this is going to be a chance to get it. I think anybody, and if you wanted to go back and listen to the podcast where we talk about fantasy camp. Everybody will tell you that that week becomes more about the people than it does actually what goes on between the white lines. We all try hard between the white lines. But those people, have been, well, that's one of the ways that I, I know Stu and, and everybody else or that really solidified it. And there's a lot of folks that are now in my, uh, you know, top friends list uh, because we all, as Randy would say, we all strapped it on down in uh, Arizona for fantasy camp. Hundred percent, and um, that—that's what it's all about. It's about the relationships you meet, and and you know, going to going into what we're going into right now. I mean, Mike, uh, I met you, I believe, through Club Four Hundred, right? Yep. Yeah, and then, yep. and then we went, and then we did fantasy camp. Um, Correct. But yeah, and Mike came to one of our events, and you know. That's the wonderful thing. I've got the opportunity to meet so many different people. And then, like, Mike has his own charity, you know. And I want to tell you something. Mike has always been the first guy to step up and donate to our events. And that's why uh, we're going to talk about Joey's song tonight. And I really want Club 400 to get behind this event. Uh, but, yeah, Club 400 was formed around baseball and my love of music. And that's why we have the club in front of it. That's where the club came from. So it was basically baseball and music. And, Mike, I want you to talk to us about Joey's song, um, how, how it became what it is, and the story behind it. Sure. Well, thanks, Stu. And, again, thanks to you and William for having me on to do this. And I'll try not to turn this into a mutual admiration society, but Club 400s also raised their hand every time Joey's song needs some help and support. So we'll call it a little mutual back-scratching. How's that? Uh, so – I'll get the the tough part out of the way first. Uh, I lost my son, uh, Joe, in 2010. He had battled a very rare form of epilepsy uh, his entire short life. It was just short of his fifth birthday that we lost Joe. Um, And even when Joe was still alive, uh, uh, the the form of epilepsy that he had just now, there are starting some 10 years later, some relatively effective treatments coming out. But when Joe was still with us. The prognosis was not good, um, and we knew, um, you know, he had a tough struggle ahead of him. But we also knew as a family we should try to do something, and it's what has become one of the mantras of Joey's song today is to help the next family, right? So even when Joe was still with us, uh, we thought about different ways that we could do it. The problem was, at that point, his brother and sister, who are now golf, as I say this, both off to college, were just, you know, seven and, or were nine and 10 years old at the time. So we had one very ill special needs child and two, you know, grade schoolers at home. Trying to figure out ways to raise money was just not in the cards. Um, But after we lost Joe, that's when uh, 
I, as Joe's dad, had a decision to make, and knowing the, the mantra of Club 400 and what we've been talking about, I had two choices shortly after Joey's death. I could either do what we did with Joey's song, or I could crawl permanently inside a bottle of Johnny Walker Red. Um, you know, and there are still days, uh, even now, when crawling into that bottle <laughs> feels like an alternative. But fortunately, I made the other choice, which was to, to try to start Joey's song. So... Back in my college days in the mid-80s, I worked as a DJ, and I worked in a nightclub helping to book bands. So I had a music background and understood how the music business worked. And even though uh, once I left UW-Madison, that life was behind me, I still had some contacts from over the years in the music business. And so when it was time to figure out what we were going to do to raise money, uh, we decided on Joey's song. And just an insight... The reason that we call it Joey's song is because um, while Joey's Gervais, this form of epilepsy, had kept him nonverbal, uh, he could sing in his own unique way and dance. And one of the things he liked was Elmo's song from Sesame Street. So it just seemed appropriate when we were looking to name the charity uh, to call it Joey's song. So that's why we call it Joey's song. And so we decided as a family to start using music as a way to raise money to help find treatments and cures for epilepsy, as well as support programs and services to make the lives better for those battling it today. Um, and so I'll, I'll do the first five years in kind of a condensed version. We started out by uh, putting out CDs, but for those of you that have your musical timeline in your head, around 2010 is when people decided to stop buying CDs, basically decided to stop paying for music and iTunes and streaming kind of came in. So I went back to lots of folks from my past, um, as well as just sending out emails to artists that I admired, you know, and you start an email or a plea, you know, my son just died, I need your help. Most people are going to say, how can I help? Now, they can't always help, right? It's not always something they can do in the moment. But everybody says, I can't do it now, let me help later. So we started by putting out CDs. We had some amazing folks contribute songs. We had the guys from REM. We had Roseanne Cash. We had the guys from Crash Test Dummies. You know, we had uh, Sam Giannis from the Bodines. Just all sorts of, for your country music fans, we had Montgomery Gentry. We had Aaron Tippin. We had all sorts of folks that were able to donate what we called rare and unreleased songs. So either something they had, had recorded and never released or an alternate version of a song or some Some artists went in and recorded something brand new just for us. But um, those were a lot of work to put together, and uh, we didn't really make a lot of money off of those. But every time we would release a CD, we would have a CD release party. And all of a sudden, we were making three and four times as much on the CD release party as we were making on the CD. So I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but after a couple years, uh, kind of realized that maybe the way to make money is by putting on live events. And so uh, from that moment going forward, Joey Song has really been, since about 2013, more about concerts than it has been about uh, CDs. Although um, you can still a- buy those on iTunes. I just did yep. the other day. <laughs> yes, you, you sure did. Yes, the CDs are still all available digitally. If you go to joeysong.org, uh, uh, you can get them that way. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them in just about uh, every way possible. And we got them priced to sell. You can get each, each CD top to bottom with 15 songs for two bucks a piece. So for not even, know, not even, it was one ninety nine. 
anyway, but, but you know, it's just, you got the special friends and family. Too. Oh, cool. All right, good. Yeah, everybody, everybody else has to pay it's two bucks. bucks. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, I don't th- don't think you ever really. Well, the evolution, you know, basically of what you guys are doing right now with Joey's song. Um, right. It's just kind of cool because you didn't really have a plan. Everything, like just like Club 400, Club 400 was just going to be a place where I was hanging out with my friends and family. It was never meant to be for anything other than that, but it evolved. But it was it was interesting to hear about how you guys evolved and, and how you just kind of figured things out along the way. And that's exactly what what we did over here, what I did, because I had no clue what the hell I was doing. But, um, yeah. you know, we threw that lot, that first live event with Tom Ricketts, and we had a great time, and we raised money, and and then that was kind of that was it from that point on. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize well, it, that. Yeah, I didn't realize the evolution of it. It's a, that was a good story. That's awesome. Well, you know, the other thing too, Stu, I think that to keep in mind, and there's a reason why you and I are not just acquaintances, but we're friends, is we share the same willingness to make a mistake. So many people, I think, are afraid that they're going to get it wrong. And I take the philosophy of let's try it. And if we get it right, then we know we're on to something. And if we get it wrong, we'll try it in a different color or a different size next time. Right. And I know that's very, you know, that when you look at what you've done at Club 400, the variety of types of things you can do from the big backyard stuff you do with Javi, you know, where you got 250 people at your house to the more uh, quiet, sedate ones that you do with one of the, you know, the old timers. Um, that's understanding your market and that's saying, I, I don't have a plan for what this is supposed to be other than we're trying to do some good. And I think if you go in, especially when you're in the, the fundraising area like we're talking about today, you can't go wrong because I firmly believe that if you're, you know, if your aim is true, to quote Elvis Costello, and your cause is just, people want, you just got to give them a reason to give you money, right? Because right. People deep down inside are good and compassionate people. Uh, sometimes we lose that in today's world, but they are. And sometimes we lose that do, in 2020, but they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we lose it just by logging onto Twitter. Right. Um, but, but you just got to give them a good reason to give, you, give them your money um, and they'll do it. You know, And that's the Club 400 mantra and that's the Joey Song mantra. For so, sure. For sure, yeah, so, and we're excited. Uh, tell us about what you got coming up, and how yeah. how you had to evolve once again for 2020. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I am the uh, I am definitely the fish that crawls up onto land and starts breathing air. Right. So what we had normally done. So. Oh, by the way, I, before before you start, I want to last year because I think you blew me off that night. Mike gave me a bunch of tickets. <laughs> And I headed out to Madison, Wisconsin, and I went to last year's Joey's Song event. And I couldn't believe how, first of all, you had a great venue, old school, Madison. What was what was the place name again, Mike? The place called the, the, the Barrymore Theater. It's an old 1930s-style movie theater that's con- been converted into a music club. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what. They put on a production. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, they had... I mean, obviously, your son stole the night, but, I mean, they had different <laughs> bands playing th- throughout the evening, but when they weren't playing, they had video productions up. They didn't waste any time. Like, it was it was from beginning to end, it was a show. And the music, they had Michael Cervantes uh, from yeah. Hamilton out there who rocked it. Yeah. It was, and he, yeah. he wasn't even the headliner. Who was the headliner, Mike, no. last year? So, so the... the, the 
well, it's hard. It's hard to say. So, the the, the headliner, and I, you can't see it because this is a podcast. So, great job using your hands, Mike. Um, but I'm making a little air quotes sign. So, our headliner every year is a group of musicians called the Know It All Boyfriends. So, to tie my previous story into today, I mentioned that back in the '80s, I worked in the Madison music scene. Well, there was another fella kicking around that Madison music scene named Butch Big, and to music people. Uh, Butch is on that pantheon of probably the most influential people from the 90s to the early 2000s in music. Butch has his own band, Garbage, which most people know, right, with Shirley in, in the lead, and they've run Grammy Awards and, you know, top 10 hits and all that. But Butch is also a record producer. So for you guys out there that are children of the 90s, probably several of your favorite albums from the 90s, which was the producer behind. He produced Nirvana's Nevermind, Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream, uh, Sonic Youth, Dirty, um, you know, just all, he's called the godfather of grunge, right? So all of those uh, things, he still works with Dave Grohl today on the Foo Fighter records and is still producing all sorts of stuff, Silver Sun Pickups and all these bands. Butch is still a busy fella. So Butch and I were kicking around that Madison music scene in the 80s. And so what we would do, when it came time, when, again, the light bulb finally went on for me, and I realized that live events were the way to go. Uh, and Butch and I had gone two separate ways. I went off and, you know, had my life, and he went off to Grammy Awards and MTV Video Awards and, you know, gold records. And produ he produced a record with Paul McCartney, you know, all the stuff that you do when you're Butch Fake. But we got reintroduced. Uh, Garbage did a big reunion show here in Madison, probably in 2013. Uh, yeah, probably 2013, you know, at the local minor league ballpark, you know, 10,000 people sold out show. And some mutual friends said, you know, I went with, said, come on, let's go talk to Butch. And, you know, we got reacquainted, right? In, in five minutes, you know, 30 years melted away. And so what, what Butch and his crew uh, some friends of his, including Duke, who's the guitar player in Garbage, and my pal Freddie Johnson, who's had hit records, uh, have this kind of side project that's far too glamorous of a word. Uh, they call themselves the Know-It-All Boyfriends, and they basically play each other's weddings and anniversary parties. You know, they're all professional musicians of acclaim, but they basically spend the night playing 70s and 80s covers, you know. And um, I said to, to Butch, uh, you know, we were trying to figure out a way to get involved. They said, why don't we have the know-it-all boyfriend kind of play if you, for those, again, of a certain age, like Paul Schaefer in the world's most dangerous band from Letterman and serve as the house band, right? And we'll bring through all these guests that will come in, play with you guys, play a couple of their songs, do a couple covers. So it kind of has that, and that's kind of, I think, Stu, why it had that kind of wild air to it that you mentioned. It's, it feels like a frat party. I mean, the, you know, the musicians are on stage already having one too many of various substances. You know, the audience, by the time the headliners come on, because it is Wisconsin, are pretty well oiled up as well. Um, and we just bring out all these different guests. So through the years, we've had Sam Giannis from the Bodines. Um, we had uh, this past year, as you mentioned, we had Miguel Cervantes, who was at the time the lead in Hamilton in Chicago. Since then, he has now taken the lead. He plays Alexander Hamilton on Broadway. When Broadway finally opens back up, um, it'll be it'll you know it'll be Miguel in that in that starring role. Um, 
We also had Chris Collingwood from Fountains of Wayne, uh, Brian Ray, who you may not know his name, but his day job is he's been playing guitar with Paul McCartney for the last 20 years. So he's Paul's uh, guitar player, and he plays bass when Paul picks up the guitar. Uh, and Brian in the past played with the great Etta James. You know, so lots and lots of folks. So the night is those people coming on, uh, you know, playing a couple rock and roll songs. And then for the last two hours, people just trading instruments, you know, sitting in, you know, they kind of post the set list and anybody that knows the song kind of comes up and plays. Yeah, it's so that's like an old school jam. It's awesome. It, it, it is. And it really is. It's, it's what you hear. And, and I can tell you, you know, they take the day before and, we, and they rehearse and rehearse is probably again, too great of a word for what it is. They kind of try to figure out the song. Um, well, I'll tell you one story. Do I have, do I have time? For yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so they were rehearsing last year and the way that, that we find the studio space in Madison and, Kind of the boyfriends all set up and the various guests that are coming in come in and out you know throughout the day and they work through their two or three songs and you know it takes an hour or two to rehearse those songs well as as they were breaking down after eight hours of rehearsal alex the keyboard player started playing the riff from the car song drive and he just started playing it he just must have been and Corey Chisel, who's one of our guests, who is going to do something amazing this year at the at the event, I'll talk about that in a minute. Corey started singing along with it, and Butch then got back behind the drum kit and started drumming to it. And everyone's putting their gear away, and uh, unpacked their gear. And in about 15 minutes, they worked through it. It was one of the big killer songs the very next night. It was nothing they had planned. It's just because Alex started fiddling around with the tune. And 20 minutes later, all these professional musicians had it figured out. They had the vocals figured out. And the next night, they just killed it on stage with that song. So that, That's funny. Stu sings that song, Most Nights He Goes Out. Who's going to drive me home tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's going to tell you when things aren't so great? <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you what I went, I went. I went last year to the show by myself. I did meet Josh Clark there, my guy. I love Josh Clark. Yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't see him right away, so I walked into this place, and I'm like, part of the thing I, I believe in life, you got to act like you belong there, you know. And then if you <laughs> act like you belong, right, then you can go do a lot of things you never thought you could actually do. So I'm like, I'm going to go backstage. I'm going to go hang out with Mike. I'm going to have a cold beer with Mike. So I, I walk in there. I was like, holy cow, this place is great. And I walked, you know, I'm walking down there and I'm like trying to find the side of the stage. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Uh, well, actually, I was just, I didn't even say nothing. I just started walking right past the guy, right? Like act like I'm supposed to be up there, right? Hey, sir, what are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm up there with Mike. Whoa, I haven't seen you tonight. I'm like, no, I'm up there with Mike. Seriously, I, I act like I, you know, I was totally bullshitting the guy. The guy did not buy it for a second. He's like, yeah, you got to get over there, man. There's too many people back there already. And that was that was before COVID for crying out loud. Wow. <laughs> so Mike's got yeah. top of the line security at his show, nice. too, by the way. But uh, Good to know. Yeah, well, so. I, I will, part of the reason we got that back there, so now I'm going to tell you another story. And then we really will get to this year's event. So, um, so because a lot of the musicians, you know, fly in and they don't want to carry a lot of stuff. You know, they send out, they send me their guitars at a time. So Paul's guitar player, Brian Ray, has his own, because he's Brian frickin' Ray, has his own signature Gibson SG guitar that, that retails for about 9000 bucks if you buy it retail. Well, he's got his own custom version of it, which he shipped to me. 
And, you know, I was nervous. He shipped it out about a week ahead of time and it's sitting in my house and I'm nervous as hell that, you know, the, the dogs are going to pee on it or something. Um, but my point is everybody back there's got all this expensive gear, right? So part of the reason is every, A, everybody wants to get backstage and hang out with them. But, you know, there's, you know, $100,000 worth of guitars and drums and keyboards and stuff back there because none of these guys play the kind of instruments that you find at Guitar Center. You know, <laughs> these guys are all playing that. And when I, and so Brian then left the guitar with me when he flew back on Saturday and I packed it back up and I pretty sure I would not have packed the Queen's Crown Jewels any more secure <laughs> than I packed up that guitar and sent it back to Brian. And I, you know, I had the tracking number and I was, you know, the minute I saw that it hit his house in LA, I texted him, you know, bring it. But anyway, that's the other reason, too, why we have the tight security, because, you know, those those guys are, are those guys are playing with the, the high end stuff. Yeah, that's that's obvious that you need to make sure everything's OK there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So this year's yeah, let's talk about yeah. this year's event and more specifically, how could we? Well, I mean, I got some ideas. We got to figure some things out because it's coming up. What 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 is the date of the event, Mike? So September 16th at 7 p.m. Central Time, it will be broadcast. So like everybody else, we have had to take our event online, right? Because there ain't nobody getting together in clubs. And the event this year was supposed to be at a 2,500-seat venue, right? We were upgrading everything this year, and there's there's no way you're getting 2,500. I mean, then the clubs are open. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, last night was that red light. If you have anybody that's listened to this, um, you know, you saw earlier this week, a lot of the local clubs put on, I think they called it Red Alert, right, for Save Our Event, um, because it's not just those musicians. For every musician that's on stage, there's two roadies and a sound tech and a light guy and three waitresses and four bartenders. And, you know, the, the ecosystem around the music scene is immense, right? And so, you know, all of those, they're all shut down right now. You know, yes, you got the small, the small, and I'll get the plug-in places like the Breakers, which are which are able to have, you know, stuff down in your area and have some bands. But that's because you can social distance, you know, 50 people. You can't social distance 2,500 people. So uh, we moved it online, and so I, at 7 p.m. Uh, on September 16th, uh, if you visit JoeySong.org or the Joey Song Facebook page, we're going to try to recreate. Uh, a Joey song concert online. So what we've got is a whole bunch, um, and we're trying to find the silver lining. In it. We got a bunch of artists that we've been trying to get to come to Madison for the live show that we couldn't, who are able to send us uh, videos. So they all went down in their basement and, you know, turned on their equipment and recorded tracks just for us. These are all performances, you know, just for Joey song. And you'll hear a lot of them in their introduction, talk about why they're doing this and why Joey song is important to them. Um, so uh, uh, in a second, we can talk about who's going to be there and what you're going to see. But you can donate now, right? We are taking donations now. So if you go to that joeysong.org page, um, you know, there'll be a button to click for the live event. And right now it's all set up to take donations. Or we're also taking donations by text. You can text joeysong, J-O-E-Y-S-S-O-N-G, to 44321. I'm sure Stu will have this in the link somewhere below it. Um, and 
detect that. And it doesn't, you still get to decide the amount you want to give. A lot of people have asked that question. It doesn't automatically take anything off of your phone bill. It just takes you to a page where you choose your amount, choose how you want to pay for it. And if you're on your phone, it'll do Apple Pay or Google Pay or PayPal. It's real simple. It's about two mouse clicks. I'll have to look into that. That's pretty cool. And you can, you can, it's real simple and it's real easy. Um, especially if you use Apple Pay or Google Pay and you're on your phone, it's literally two clicks and you're, and you've made your donation of any amount that you want to make. So that's how you can help today. And I, I would encourage people if our story moves you, if our cause of trying to fund research into epilepsy moves you or programs and services, uh, do it today because, you know, the night of the show, hopefully all of these musicians who I am, I'm about to tell you about, you know, are going to be using their social media and getting their fans as well. So we're hoping to have, you know, thousands and thousands of eyeballs on this uh, next yeah, on Wednesday night. Um, and I would love for people to not have any problems getting through to make their donations. So that's when, you know, if you spread it all out over two weeks, you, you minimize that. Whereas if instead of a thousand people all trying to make a donation on that night. So if our story moves you, um, a donation of any size makes it makes a big difference. So you, would, that, you would advise not to send your donation through the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all night. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Your no, but Mike, where could uh, listeners find you know? Uh, what? Get, please give us your your website and uh, your yep. all the ways to get a hold of you. Yep. So again, go, if you go to joeysong.org uh, and click on when you when you land right on the page right there's already there there's a button that says uh i think go to the live event or visit the live event if you click on that there's a video about a three minute video unfortunately it features my ugly mug for a lot of it talking about the events but there's some clips from some of the artists that list all of the folks that are going to be playing that night uh, that's a real great great way of to in three minutes to kind of get caught up on what the event's going to be. Um, so joeysong.org is your quickest way to do it. There's also a Joey Song Facebook page and has all of the information as well. And those are going to be the two places where you can actually watch the show. And the show is free. There is no cost. You don't have to make a donation. There's no cost to watch it. We're hoping that um, between the artists and then some of the little PSAs we got in between, it'll, it'll move folks to uh, want to contribute. And I ask Club 400 members, uh, the people that come to our events, to get involved, even if it's $5, 10 15 yep. $20, every little bit helps. Uh, I consider Joey's song uh, part of Club 400. And, yeah. uh, Mike, it's always awesome to have you on the air. I just wanted to tell you one more thing, buddy. Um, let's go back to the baseball game. Hartman asked me to do a few jobs. Well, I took it upon myself, right? Now, I know you're not on my team, but I hired the umpires, all right? So just want to let you know, okay? Did you grease the umpires too already or what? So, yeah, I, you know, if they're, if they're eating steak over here that yeah, night and afterwards sad. and you guys are eating hot dogs, you'll know why because the Vicar team well, won, all right? Yeah, well, you, you started out by saying, Stu, it's who you know. It's not what you know. It's exactly. <laughs> but, Mike, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and we're looking forward to your event coming up September. What was it again? 
September 16th. September 16th. Yep, time. that's what it was. Yep. JoeySong.org. I, I, I was going to say September 19th, but that's actually the baseball game. But So September 16th, that's, that's, right. that's a Wednesday night. Uh, you'll hear about it. You'll see all about it on our on our all of our pages. And uh, we'll, we'll put the donate button up there, too. And, Mike, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know we'll have you on again down the line. And um, yep. uh, many more memories and uh, things to come for us, for sure. And appreciate your time tonight. And I appreciate you guys. And I'm looking forward to seeing both of you on, on the field September 19th. Well, William behind the microphone and uh, you on the field. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I, I, I really appreciate you letting me get the word out about Obviously, a charity that is about as near and dear to my heart as it possibly could be. For sure. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And one day, well, I'll see you on the night, uh, the 19th. But uh, uh, one day, we're going to get together and have a party, man. That's for sure. Yep. And, uh, yep. and we'll get some live music and we'll get, we'll get it back. Because uh, that's one thing yep. I miss more than anything is uh, getting together in groups of people and not worrying about stuff, yep. you know. Every time you do go out, you worry about things. So... But thanks a lot again, Mike. We will talk to you soon. Love you, buddy. September yep. 16th, Wednesday night, Joey's song online. Check it out. We'll have it all posted all links all over Club 400. Thanks, guys. John Connery here to tell you about one of the newest sponsors of the Club 400 podcast, Jepson's Malort. It is the unofficial beverage of Chicago, named for Swedish immigrant Carl Jepson, who brought the drink to America. While we can mostly all agree that Malort tastes, uh, um, unsavory, we can't all seem to agree the specific way in which the liquor ravages our taste buds. Malort tastes like fertilizer, except it doesn't grow on you. The wall of Malort at Nisei Lounge in Wrigleyville. Or Malort tastes like a baby aspirin wrapped in a grapefruit peel bound with rubber bands and then soaked in well gin. Sam Meckling, marketing director for Jepson's Malort, to Inked Magazine, and It's Like Swallowing a Burnt Condom Full of Gas, Jason Sudeikis, character Gene in Drinking Bodies. Just a few of the descriptions of this indescribable taste sensation. All right, Sam's going to sing you a, a song by so. the Beatles yep. that he, he handpicked, and we're going to do it for you right now.
she really done? She done. She done good. I guess nobody ever really done. She done. She done me good. Thank you.